ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Welcome in. It's the Thursday, May 17th edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Coming up this hour, we're going to talk to the CEO for Team Impact, Seth Rosenweig. Now, Team Impact is a national nonprofit. They connect children facing serious and chronic illnesses with college athletic teams. And they did so yesterday. Calvin Fields, if you haven't heard the story yet, he's a second-grade student at Cerrito Canova Elementary. He signed yesterday with the Marshall basketball team. It's part of their efforts. We're going to talk to Seth in a few minutes about those efforts, why this was important. And so we'll have that also. We'll be joined a little bit later on by Marshall men's golf coach Matt Grove. He's going to join me later. We're going to recap the season that just wrapped up, of course, Marshall golf team did not as a team advance, but there still was some bright spots in the season. So Matt's going to join me in a little bit, and we're going to talk about that. And we'll take your phone calls as well, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Now, I've got to remind you right now, before I do anything else, that we've got a pretty special auction going on now on our website. All you have to do is go to wrvc.com. And you can click on the link that leads you to the Marcelo Latterman Memorial Scholarship Auction. Now, every year, there's a golf tournament. And the golf tournament is pretty special in itself. But the auction helps supplement some of the things that go on with the efforts to put together a pretty nice scholarship in the honor of Marcelo Latterman, who was a kicker. He was on the 1970 plane crash team for Marshall University. So his family, a few years ago, put together this fund, and we try to support that every year. And part of our efforts, the auction that goes on. And, again, all you have to do is go to wrvc.com, and this auction is going to go on until the 25th. Now, what can you bid on? Well, there are several things you can bid on. That will, of course, go to the scholarship fund. First of all, if you're a fan of the West Virginia Power, you're going to get an opportunity to enjoy a suite for up to 16 people. It's great if you've got a group of people. You want to have an office party, family day. You've got a little league baseball team. You want to put together a little group and have an outing. This is a fantastic prize, and you can enjoy the game from one of their air-conditioned indoor seating and lounge areas. It's located on the Brick Street Insurance Suite level. I've been in those suites. Pretty cool. It's been a fun experience every time I've got a chance to go up and see the power. So you can bid on that. The value of this is $500. Now, we just started the auction, and I know how auctions work. Everybody's going to sort of case this thing out, put maybe a feeler bid out there, and start bidding towards the last minute. I'd say get your bid in now. Don't wait. So you can bid on this item. And you can also bid on, which I think is a pretty impressive memento. We've got a framed copy of the original letter President Richard Nixon sent to Marshall football coach Jack Lingle. Now, this was before the Young Thundering Herd's first game. Now, you can get this, and also included are two poems written by Bob Compton, who was a member of the 1971 team, the framing and matting 
is from Stadium Framing, the $100 value, and you can get this on auction day if you're quick enough or smart enough to get your bid in. Also, and I think somebody's going to walk away with a steal here. Whatever the high bid's going to be, this is going to be a steal. We have got a golf trip that you and three of your friends can take. You can play golf. Golf carts are included at three courses in North Myrtle plus Diamondback located in Lower South Carolina. Also, you get three nights lodging at the Sands Ocean Club Resort. And if you want to stick around longer, you can purchase additional nights. Free admission for two to six popular Myrtle Beach attractions. A $25 gift card to Wild Wings Cafe at Barefoot Landing. Plus some money in as well. This thing is valued at, you ready for this? $1,100. Somebody's going to walk away with a $1,100 value trip for a fraction of that. It could be you. So you've got your opportunities to bid. Now, the last item, I know some competitions already in place for this, and unfortunately, I'm going to promote it because I'm friends with the competition, your competition. He wants it. I know you want it. We've got a Wilson golf bag. We're going to get a photo up of it soon. And this Wilson Staff Tour golf bag has Marshall logo to honor the 75 lost in the 1970 plane crash. It's pro quality. $300 value. And this thing might go for a fraction of that. How do you participate and kind of case out some of this stuff? All you have to do, go to our website, wrvc.com. Auction is going on now through the 25th. I'll have the winners on the show, well, at least their names, who won, on the 25th. So I'll announce those winners. You'll find out during the show if you don't check the website. So good luck. Hope you guys participate. It really goes to a great cause. If you are not that familiar with the Latterman family, they're a wonderful group of people. They discovered the memorial ceremony years ago. And when I mean discovered, they knew about it, but they came down. They came down to be a part of it and find out what this was about just to connect and tell you this. Those guys are so nice and they're so appreciative of everything. They found, I think, a lot of closure, but at the same time, they found new family and friends here, extended part of the Marshall family. I know the marketing campaign is herd family, but they kind of found that. And I really have connected with those guys over the years. They're, I think they're an important part of Marshall, their story, their brother. I mean, they have spent a lot of time with this auction, this golf outing, and their efforts to raise a scholarship fund, which is going to benefit someone at Marshall for years to come. So check it all out. It's wrvc.com. We appreciate you guys uh, doing that. All right, when, we're going to, when we come back from break, we are going to get into the guest portion of the show. First up on the program, we're going to talk to Seth Rosenweig. He is the CEO for Team Impact. We'll talk to him about Team Impact's efforts and also the story of Calvin Fields, who is a second-grade student at Cerrito Canova Elementary. He signed yesterday with Marshall Basketball. 
and we appreciate what Team Impact's efforts were in this. We'll talk to him when we come back. And also we'll hear from Matt Grobe. He joins me later to talk Marshall Golf. Here on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Thursday edition. I'm your host, Paul Swan, and we were telling you earlier that yesterday, a second-grade student at Sarita Canova Elementary probably got uh, one of his biggest dreams made possible, come true, because he got to sign a letter with Marshall University's basketball team, and that was because of the efforts of Team Impact. And as we mentioned, they are a nonprofit. They're a national organization. They connect children facing serious and chronic illnesses with college athletic teams. And joining us on the program now to tell us more about their efforts and the story of Calvin is their CEO, Seth Rosenweig. And I hope I pronounced that right, Seth. Uh, I hate to botch that the first time we've talked, but uh, this is a really interesting and fascinating story, and uh, thanks for joining us on the program. No problem. Thanks for having me. So tell me a little bit about Team Impact. Um, That's the boilerplate I gave everyone as far as what your organization's about, but tell me a little bit more about what you guys do and, and why Team Impact came to be. Sure. So Team Impact was started in 2011 by a group of friends from Tufts University who came back together and said, let's try to make a difference for the quality of life for kids living with serious and chronic illness. A lot of them were former college athletes. They said, what if we found kids who are living with serious and chronic illness and really having the social and emotional challenges because of their medical circumstances, and we drafted them as full-fledged members onto college athletic teams to hopefully impact the child in terms of their quality of life, sense of optimism, confidence, and a sense of belonging, help their families through a challenging time to provide them with a support network, but honestly, also try to impact the uh, a generation of college athletes in terms of, of empathy and civic engagement. So they leave college wanting to make a difference in the world. Uh, in, uh, in year one, we drafted 17 children on 17 New England teams. In year seven, uh, we're sitting here with over 1,500 kids, about 48 states, 500 colleges, universities, and about 50,000 college athletes with, with uh, pretty big aspirations to grow the program over the coming years. Sounds like it's a massive undertaking, and I'm sure you've found everyone you've approached to be so receptive. So I'm sure that makes your job a lot easier. So it's a it's a passion project. I wouldn't necessarily call it a job. So Team Impact had a great chance to impact the life of Calvin Fields, and that happened yesterday at Marshall. He's a second-grade student, attends Cerrito Canova Elementary, local school here in our region, and he got an opportunity to sign with Marshall Basketball. He's part of your efforts, and if you would, tell me about his story and what made his story special to you to want to do this to maybe help him and impact his life. So Calvin's a great kid, and, uh, and you know, it's interesting because his mother actually um, recently graduated from Marshall, um, and she, you know, she's going to be a pharmacist, and the team has been amazing. We contacted, you know, once we were able to, to hear from Calvin, and Calvin lives with cystic fibrosis. Um, it's actually the, the, the we, we work, our number one, diagnosis that we work with is cancer, and number two is cystic fibrosis, um, 
and uh, and he, you know, he has challenges. He can't really play sports. Um, he has trouble with his lung capacity, um, and he's had a lot of the social and emotional challenges. And the, the Marshall <clears throat> men's basketball team has been amazing. He goes to he goes to practices. He goes to team dinners. He really becomes part of the fabric of the team. And I always tell people, you know, we're not just matching kids. We're not creating mascots, and we're not granting wishes. We're really about creating a relationship experience model. So Calvin will be with the team uh, for a two-year experience where he'll interact with the team at least once a week and really help him through some of the challenging times. So he leaves the the program um, with the tools and the confidence to be successful despite any limitations because of his medical diagnosis. So he's... uh, you know, he's been with the team, um, you know, for about three or four months, um, and basically every child gets a draft day, and that was what was yesterday, where we where he signed his letter of intent and got his jersey, and so you know he's a real member of the team, and, and the t- teammates have really from the beginning. Uh, his mother told me, and, and she used, you know, she quoted it basically, the team treats him like one of theirs, and they don't treat him any differently, and so he's really become part of that kind of that team, and and help them help them uh, with some of the, the things that they're facing as well. Is that important to you to make sure that this isn't just we bring this kid out for a day, parade him to the media, here's a nice little thing for you, and then never see him again? I mean, is that the that really the, the crux of the matter here? You want to make sure that this is really a life-changing experience? We do. I mean, listen, we have the word impact in our name. So we better be able to live by it, and so we really have a our, our our kind of service delivery model is very intentional. Where Calvin, we have a game plan for him with the team. We know the areas we want him to work on. He's interacting consistently, uh, and you know, at the end of the day, after the two years, we hope to achieve the goals that we've set forth for him. So I think that you know, although it is there's a nice kind of symbolism with yesterday. Now the real journey begins, where we really kind of intentionally work on on it some of the challenges that he's facing so that we can help him with a better quality of life. What are some of your success stories that maybe you want to, you can brag about as far as kids who have gone through these type of programs and these initiatives and come out on the other side after this uh, time frame? So there's two quick stories that I'll tell you. One is about a kid named Brady um, who has charge syndrome as a genetic disorder that causes deformities that can be life-threatening, but for him, he's an eight-year-old boy, and he looks different than his than his peers. One day, he's being bullied, you know, and these boys are running after him. He tries to lock himself in a stall, and uh, the kid kicks down the door and breaks his nose. Gets goes to the hospital, and then we drafted him onto the Merrimack men's soccer team, uh, and uh, he never misses a practice. It's like part of his fabric, and he, you know, the mother found out. She called three people. She called her husband to let him know what happened. Uh, their doctor, and then the coach say, listen, Brady won't be at practice. Three days later, Brady returns to practice. The team sees him in the parking lot getting out of his minivan. They jump the fence, they meet him there, and they say, Brady, this will never happen again. The next day, the entire team shows up at his school and holds an all-school assembly, kind of anti-bullying, um, treat people with kindness, and now he's the king of the school. He has tremendous confidence. And um, you ask any of those players on that team, and they'll say they've done way more out of this program. Than, than Brady, and that's just kind of one of the many examples. And the other one I'll just quickly mention is a kid named Larry, born with every major organ outside of his body, never really given a chance to live. You know, he was able to obviously survive birth, um, but, he, you know, he he's had over 110 surgeries. He's homeschooled. He's very isolated. He has no confidence. He, hate how, he hates how his body looks. We drafted him onto the University of Michigan football team, and I went out for the draft day with Coach Harbaugh and the group, 
And, you know, basically Larry now, if you look at him today, Larry's in the weight room with the team. He sees his body kind of his, um, you know, is there any scars on his body as kind of his battle armor. And, and, you know, it gave Larry a purpose outside of his medical diagnosis to teach uh, these college athletes about grit and perseverance and what a bad day lo- looks like. So I asked the 14 players last year who went into the NFL from University of Michigan, I said, what was the greatest moment of your of your last year at, at Michigan? And I thought they were going to say, oh, we went to the Orange Bowl, we had a great year, et cetera. And they said, listen, for us, it was seeing Larry, who's never run before in his life, run for the first time at the Big House, being announced as part of the team. And so for me, you know, these stories... It's, it's these impact not only on these kids who really get a lot out of it, but these college athletes. And if we do this right, we can change a generation of college athletes who we can hopefully change the world. So that's just two of, of many of the stories that we have if we do our program right. And, and listen, our goal is that every child living with a serious or chronic illness could really use support structure around them and every college athlete be part of our program. Seth Rosenweig joins us, CEO for Team Impact. Yesterday at Marshall, a, uh, a special day for a young man, Sarita Canova Elementary student, Calvin Fields, signing with the Thundering Herd. Seth, with these programs you're putting together, it, it really feels like you're in this for the long haul. What are coaches telling you? It sounds like the players are enjoying this, but what kind of feedback are you getting from the coaches? Because I'm sure when they hear about what you do and the results, they're probably – all fighting for an opportunity to do something like this. You know, we, it's funny. We, uh, we have 1,200 teams on a waiting list right now that are looking to be matched with courageous kids that are battling serious or chronic illness. And so for me, like you said, coaches love it because not only do they see their players really being transformed, but frankly, it brings the players closer together. Many coaches have said it's bringing, you know, it's brought our team closer together. We're more aligned in terms of our, our vision and our strategy. Yes, to win games, but that there's something bigger that life is about. And so, coaches, whether it's Division One or whether it's Division Three, you know, they really believe in what we're doing, and, and it's a nice opportunity for their players. And college athletes have a very structured college experience, and this is a way for them to feel like they can give back through their kind of athletic. Uh, experience and not taking it, taking away from any of their free time, et cetera. But what happens is the coaches get, you know, I was at a, uh, a breakfast and uh, one of the coaches spoke and he, he got in tears because he said, this has completely changed my life, this has changed my perspective, and I see it through my players. So I think if we do this right, we can create this ripple effect that, you know, we can really change the world. And I think the coaches definitely see that. And frankly, the college athletic administration and then the college administration in general see it because the fact that it really puts a different light on college athletics in terms of you know sometimes sometimes we hear about the negatives and but this is really a big positive seth what's it take to run an organization like this Uh, and to follow up that question is what do you need from other people or the public to maybe keep this going and make sure that this lasts for years to come so it sounds so easy right match a child living with serious and chronic illness to a college athletic team. But it's not it's not that easy. The intentionality needed to, you know, and the way we kind of run our program is we have social workers that help kind of, once we find a child, we vet the, you know, we vet, we look for a team that's close to where they live. They vet the teams. They train the teams, not just on how to work with Team Impact, but on an individualized uh, intention of child. And they manage and monitor each relationship to ensure quality, compliance, and that goals are hit. And so our biggest costs are obviously on, on the social work kind of case management side of things. Well, I mean, right now, our biggest need is to find more kids because 
Uh, we have a growing wait list of teams, which we knew would happen. Uh, we never wanted to have a child on the waiting list, but ultimately the first step is to find more kids and obviously to continue to diversify our revenue, you know, regionally as we start putting staff on the ground in regions. And so we've just put a staff person on the ground to cover the Mid-Atlantic, including uh, Marshall. And well, we've, we've already, you know, this in the, in the first quarter of this year, we matched over 100 kids. So if we do this right, you know, we have the right kids for the program. We have the right teams for the program. We have the financial resource to be successful. Uh, this thing will grow, and in five years, we'll all look back and say we did it. Do you envision a time where universities are full partners with you? Maybe they've got somebody on campus who maybe their full-time job is to do something like this, because this sounds like it's something that should happen on every campus in America. So the dream, and I actually just came back from meeting with the NCAA in Indianapolis, um, and they love what we're doing, is that it's almost part of the sports college experience, that every child on every team would have a team impact child. Um, and I think that that's going to be through some intentional infrastructure where we would look at staffing. Honestly, the best way to do this on campus, and we're launching it this year, is a student-athlete fellowship. And we're working with Northeastern University as their academic partner to train student-athletes. We'll bring them to Boston, we'll do a training with them, and we'll be able to train them to be our ambassadors on campus to execute the program. And frankly, I believe because of the influence college students have, that if we do this right, we can keep the costs down and get a win-win by having college athletes working with our regional directors to execute our program. So we're piloting it this summer. We're going to train about 30 fellows to pilot it, um, and and they'll start executing the program in the fall. And then our, our, our goal is by year five having, you know, 200-plus student-athlete fellows that will help us execute this program. I think it's very doable um, and definitely an exciting opportunity for us. Seth Rosenwald joins us, the CEO for Team Impact. Seth, before we let you go, um, how can people get involved or find out more about what you do and, and maybe help you out? So I'd love for everyone to go to www.goteamimpact.org. If you're a family that's interested in this, there's a link to kind of apply as a family. If you're someone who wants to volunteer, you can volunteer. Uh, if you want to learn more, all of my contact information is on the website. Uh, and if you want to get involved in any way, we'd love to have you. We need, you know, we need as many uh, new people on our roster as possible. So love for you to check out the website and, uh, and get involved and help us uh, create this movement. Seth, this sounds like a great uh, thing for kids. Uh, I'm on board with you, and I hope you have so much success that uh, this thing becomes national, maybe even international. Well, I appreciate that, and, and it's by having by being on these types of shows that we get our word out there, so I appreciate what you do. Seth, good luck and congratulations on what sounds to be one of the uh, most worthwhile projects I've heard in a long time. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me, and uh, look forward to checking in soon when we've, uh, we've hit our goal. Thank you, Seth. That is Seth Rosenweig. He is the CEO for Team Impact, and uh, we're going to come back and talk a little Marshall golf with the head coach, of the Thundering Herd, Matt Grobe. He'll tell us on next what really his aspirations are for the future, knowing that, well, the team didn't do so well as far as where he wanted them to be, but there's been some success stories that this team really can build on. So we're going to talk about that when we come back from break. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Well, it's kind of sad to say that 
golf season is over now for the Marshall Thundering Herd. And the head coach of the Thundering Herd now joins us, one Matt Grobe. And I hate this. This is like the post-mortem show we do where your season's over and it's, it's all wrapped up. But I'm sure you feel still pretty good about everything that happened this season, including uh, getting a little postseason action for Alex Wise. Yeah, you know, I, I think for me the, the best part about it was Alex deserved to be at, 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 at the national championship at regionals, and so it was very exciting to get to uh, to get to go with him and watch him play his last three rounds for Marshall, and uh, just get to walk down the fairways with just him. And that's what he's worked so hard for. It's what all our kids come in here for. Their goal is, uh, you know, to try to make it to the postseason, and so. It was great for Alex. It was great when Nathan did it. Uh, you know, Nathan was wonderful to go with, but Nathan, I was only here for that one year with him. So I didn't get a chance to watch what Nathan had put in for four years, but to watch everything that Alex gave our program and, and all the effort and, and the character the kid has, it was it was wonderful to get get to go down there and watch his career end, uh, end down there at, in Raleigh. After watching where he's at now, and I'm sure you feel that there are some things he probably could have done better. Every coach does that, I'm sure. Uh, where is he at as far as the next level? You feel that he's got opportunities ahead of him? You know, how would you break down where he's at now? Well, you know, he's going to graduate as our all-time stroke leader. Uh, and We've had some really good, good, uh, good players come through. He's got our lowest season scoring average ever. Uh, you know, when we went down there, uh, his ball striking was incredible. Uh, the, the putting uh, is what really let him down, and uh, it was it was shocking. He was since he showed up for four years. The one thing I'll tell you about him is he was a wonderful putter. He made more putts uh, than any kid I've ever seen in my in my career. And we went down there, and he had 103 putts over over. Uh, over three rounds, and I usually expect him in the 27-28 range for putts per round, and uh, he had 39 putts that first day. He just he just really couldn't get on track on the greens, and it seemed like you know one putt he'd read too much break, and the next putt not enough. His speed really wasn't off. Every putt he hit looked really good. They just didn't drop, and once they start not dropping – it, they just—I I think he got into that feel that they just were, it wasn't going to be his week, and, and unfortunately, he just couldn't get out of it putting-wise. Is some of that what's in his head, and is some of that also maybe the course itself? Because every course is different. Sometimes they play to the strengths and weaknesses of a golfer. Yeah, you know, I, I really feel like he was probably at a bit of a disadvantage down there. Uh, I think that. You know, there was probably a handful of kids that had never seen the golf course before, and we were one of them. Uh, you know, the regional that we had had Duke was in there, and NC State was in there, and Georgia Tech was in there, and Campbell was in there, and Davidson, and all these teams that had played Lonnie Poole several times before, and they kind of had a really good feeling about it. Uh, and Alex had one round, because you're not allowed to go down there until the practice round, so he had one round try to get himself comfortable before three rounds of competition and uh, that's really tough that's a tough ask for for to, to get on a golf course for the first time ever figure it out in a in a four or five hour practice round and then go compete against other people that have seen it you know 20 30 and, and for the nc state kids you know for four years 
Matt Grobes, our guest, Marshall Golf Coach. So as a coach, are you going to try to diversify even further the courses you see just to shotgun this? Because you can't be everywhere, but at the same time, I'm sure you want to give these kids the best opportunity possible. Yeah, you know, we try to find the really, really good venues, really good events that challenge our kids. Uh, you know, uh, in the in the fall, we always get to play our home event, which is awesome. We get to go to Eastern Kentucky's event, which is great. It's just down the road. And then we mix in Pete Dye. And then we go to NCR Club up in uh, up in Dayton, which is a great golf course. Uh, we go down to River Run in, in, in Charlotte. You know, we play our conference championship at Texarkana. We go to Pinehurst. So we get a really good variety of golf courses. And I really didn't think it was necessarily – much to do with the golf course. I think it was interesting to play bent grass greens in North Carolina. You don't find that very often. They're normally Bermuda. But Alex really likes bent grass. And so I just think it was maybe a comfortability. Maybe that one round wasn't enough. Like I said, ball striking-wise was phenomenal. He hit the driver great. His irons were great. Um, and his wedges around the green were great. We just couldn't get any putts to fall. Individually, you lose such an outstanding member of your team. And team-wise, where are you at now, and where do you think you're going to be come next season? It, it, it's really going to hurt us. Uh, you know, the, the one great thing about Alex is uh, he has been a leader, even when he was a freshman. He stepped on campus, and he's never missed an event for us. He's qualified for every single event that he's been able to play in uh, his college career here. And he has really helped our young team. We've got a very young team coming back next year. Next year, we only have one senior on the team. And the following year, we've only got uh, two kids. So we've got a very, very young freshman and sophomore-driven team. And the best part about it is Alex stepped up and helped each and every single one of those kids. He sends them text messages but, you know, after rounds. He plays practice rounds with them. He works out with them. He he, he's so in with all of our young kids, he's really helped develop a culture. So even though we're losing him, he's really set us up for success uh, for a young team next year to see what it took to get him to where he was. Wonderful year for them to watch him have, and hopefully it's really inspired them and showed them what they got to do to get to the next level. Matt Grobes, our guest, Marshall Golf Coach. So you lose your, your, your stud. And I'm sure you're really looking high and low for that next kid or those next kids to come in. Uh, how important was this NCAA appearance to those efforts just to make sure that people are aware that good golf happens at Marshall? Well, there's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, it, it, it helps to get individuals. You know, Nathan helped a lot. Alex helped a lot. But I'll be honest with you, we've got to start doing a little bit better as a team. Uh, and, and I think that starts with me. I, I've got to... I've got to do, uh, you know, a little bit better job of, of, of trying to get our guys ready to win championships. And, you know, I, I think our mentality has been to try to get every kid better and try to get it to like Alex where we have an individual go. But we need to, we need to go as a team. I, that was a great atmosphere. I loved going there. I, I loved going with Nathan, you know, five years ago. I loved going with Alex, uh, you know, this year. But it's really neat for those teams. Uh, you know, we got to play with a couple of those teams as being part of an individual. So, you know, I, I think we've got to set a little bit higher team goals. And we've, we've got to start winning some tournaments and get a feel for it, be a little bit more competitive in Conference USA, which is a really good golf conference. 
Um, but we just got to get better. Uh, we we uh, very disappointed after this year. You know, you got to think about it. You and I are talking about it. Alex is one of our best we've ever had. And team-wise, we didn't do very good behind him. So I don't think we're ever going to be able to replace Alex next year or the following year. What we've got to do is everybody's got to get better and much better. We can't just get a little bit better because uh, not having Alex next year is going to be really tough. So everybody's got to step up and get better. i got to coach better, and the guy's got to play better. Something I talked about, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think you're in a good spot because this is a, a, a situation where you've got to have the best facilities in the world like the Alabamas and the other major college football teams or basketball teams that have the fantastic arenas. This isn't a situation where – you know, you're going to win this by escalating facilities. You've got some good golf courses, and this is just more of a, I've got to get the right kids in because, well, you've got everything they need to be successful here. Yeah, exactly. We've got everything that a kid could need. Um, you know, we've got to, we, we just got to, we just got to work hard. And, and, and we've got, the best part about college golf is, now don't get me wrong, if you look at the national championship and you look at the 30 teams that qualified, the majority of them are going to be power of five uh, you know, uh, schools. But there's some individuals, there's some teams that pulled some upsets. Uh, you know, you had Liberty at our regional. Uh, you know, Liberty went through an upset. They went 14 under the last day and knocked the number one seed, Georgia Tech, to the sixth spot. Georgia Tech's not moving on. So, it can be done. Uh, and so, you know, the main thing for us is we've got to make sure that these kids don't think it's not something that we can do. I, you know, we can't play the we don't have this or we don't have that. It's it's golf, and the lowest score wins, and we're all playing the same golf course. And there's there's no, you know, there's no there's no officials involved in it. There's no home court and all this stuff. It's just you got to go there and you got to play better golf than everybody else. Of course, um I think it'd be more fun just to have a couple of matches where we put some miniature golf rules out there, windmill, windmills. I mean, come on. It would be fun. Just maybe exhibition, right? It would have to definitely be exhibition. I don't know how you could get anybody to sponsor that. I just always, uh, a lot of people's idea of golf sometimes is miniature golf, but uh, yeah, definitely uh, it's a team sport, but you go out there and make your own success. I mean, that's a great point. I don't have anyone in my face. Uh, no one's guarding me. It's me and the course. And that's, I, I guess that's the ex, that's a great expression of sport. I can go out there and conquer that. Nobody's going to stop me but me. That, that's exactly right. We talk about it a lot with our guys. You know, your goals need to be more based on what you're doing on the golf course because – you can go out there and have a great day, and somebody else can just have a better day. Things just kind of went their way. But in the big scheme of things, if you keep getting better every day, you keep worrying about your game every day, and you make sure that you're better than you were the day before, then when it's all said and done, you're going to be in a pretty good pretty good place with your golf game. Nick Groves, our guest, Marshall Golf Coach. So what's next for you after your season ends? Uh, maybe if you could in a nutshell – What's the next step for you? We know what happens when football and spring drills are over and what they have to do. So what's it like for you trying to make sure that the team's ready for next year and getting recruits to come in and everything that goes with that? 
Well, this is an exciting time of year for me because our guys are getting better right now. You know, all of our guys have gone home. they got a great summer schedule. They're all practicing. They're all working their tails off and waiting to come back in the fall. So it's a really good situation for me. And then my job, uh, you know, I, I start next week. I start getting on the road and watching uh, watching future kids play and trying to find other other talent that can come in and start to support this team. So, you know, that's kind of – you know, my role right now is to hit the road and watch a lot of, of uh, you know, high school golfers and try to find ones that can come in and help us win. And the guys that are on the team right now, uh, they're working their tail off and trying to get better and trying to qualify for their home state amateurs and trying to qualify for U.S. amateurs, U.S. opens. Uh, and they're trying to, uh, to better themselves so that when they come back in the fall, they're ready to go and help us win. How big is your recruiting area? Uh, I'm sure you're going to say everywhere, but uh... – what where do you feel like you're the most successful uh, in state out of state um, where's that next kid usually come from you know we're really we're really really it's, you know you kind of look at our bordering states really uh, you know we've got kids on our team from from all the way down to Georgia all the way up to Michigan I, I think a lot of times what you're seeing right now with golf kids is they really like to kind of stay in their area uh, it's the kind of the grasses they're used to it's kind of the environment. So, you know, we probably, uh, the majority of our team is from the East. I really don't look out to the West very much. I've watched a couple kids that were interested, either either a mom or a dad went to Marshall, and, and they're kind of on the radar. But for the most part, a lot of your kids that are in the West stay West, and a lot of kids in the East stay East. we got a lot of Ohio kids, Michigan kid, North Carolina. So, you know, kind of those bordering states, and that's kind of, it's kind of nice for me because I can go into those states and, and, and take a look and, watch their kids and make a two-day trip, and then I'm back, and then I go maybe to North Carolina, then to Virginia, then to Pennsylvania, and so really kind of hit up your bordering states quite a bit. Well, it, it sounds like you've got everything under control. You're not going to international options like, say, uh, John Mercer for Marshall Tennis does. Uh, you're staying in country at least. Well, you know, international kids, it, it's, it's one of those – you know, really in golf, it's almost tough with international kids, and especially with with kind of Huntington, West Virginia. I think a lot of your international kids they want to come over here and, and they want to get their games ready for the PGA Tour, and that's what they're coming for. And they get that first winter, they get that first snowstorm, and they kind of freak out. That's not what they came here for. And so, you know, I think the international kid really works well at a, at a southern school where it's where it's sunny, you know, year round. In, a, in our environment, I think we're better off staying with kids around here that understand that in the winter you got to do this to get your game better, and we're going to play in some cold temperatures and that type of stuff. And so, you know, internationals just haven't really seemed to work so much for us. And not that I'm opposed to it, but you know, we kind of like the kid that can drive to campus, uh, that can drive home, uh, and, you know, for the holidays and, and come back and isn't kind of stuck here in, in the golf world. Matt Grobe is our guest, Marshall Golf Coach. Uh, it was fun to keep up with this team, uh, especially with um, the way that uh, the last few days were going with Alex, and hopefully we're going to have uh, as equal, if not a better, season for you uh, coming up here uh, next season. Coach, as always, thanks for joining us. Uh, good luck, and uh, it's been fun. Uh, let's do it again soon. That sounds great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. That is Matt Grobe, Marshall's golf boss. We are going to come back get your phone calls in. More drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. 
You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Coming up tonight, you'll have Game 4 of the Eastern Conference Finals between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Washington Capitals. And, of course, you can catch that on our sister station, Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. I'm your host, Paul Swan. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Light day today on the sports scene. I do want to congratulate Marshall Track and Field sophomore Denisha West. She qualified for the 2018 NCAA East Outdoor Track and Field Preliminary Championships. That's going to take place on May 24th through the 26th down in Tampa, Florida. It's a qualifier for the NCAA Outdoor Track and Field Championships. That's going to take place in Eugene, Oregon in June. And the top 48 athletes in both both the East and West regions they're going to um, qualify for the uh, preliminary meets in NCAA. Now, this is the East and West region, each individual track and field event who will qualify. So uh, you've got the East region, 213 women's programs, and here's how you get in. The athlete selections are based on top marks set anytime through the outdoor season. So West, who's a sophomore from uh, Old Westbury, New York, she qualified in the triple jump Set her top mark, also a personal best, uh, back in March, 12.57 meters. That is 41 feet 3 inches. Uh, Her mark is the fifth best outdoor personal record in Marshall School history. So congratulations there. Uh, Tell you, track and field, this thing's going to explode one day for Marshall. You got the facility, you got the indoor track. Now time to get that outdoor track. That would be, I guess, the ultimate. You could get the indoor and outdoor facilities going. That would really, I think, help everything at Marshall University. So we've got hockey tonight. We've got baseball going on now in Beckley. We'll update you that tomorrow. Also, before I go, I've got to comment on this. Did you know that... HBO's Hard Knocks is going to feature the Cleveland Browns. The Factory of Sadness. We are going to appear inside the Factory of Sadness and see how a quarterback is destroyed. That's my takeaway from this. This is going to be the Baker Mayfield show, and we're going to see firsthand how a Brown's organization brings in a quarterback and destroys that quarterback. Crushes their dreams, their hopes. Basically leaves them, discards them after they're done just wrecking their life. We're going to find out. And I'm going to watch this thing. Usually I'm like, okay, you know, I like hard knocks. I'm going to keep an eye on it if the team interests me. But no, I'm going to be all over this thing watching. I want to see... How the Cleveland Browns wreck lives. That's going to do it for this edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I want to thank our producer, Gabriel Sellers. And don't forget, you can listen to the program anytime on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio. We're on TuneIn or just wherever you get your podcast. Don't forget, if you like the show, hey, leave us a review, especially on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. Help us 
spread the good word. That's going to do it for this edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Good night. station.